Welcome into another episode of Musings on Madison here on the Second City Hockey Podcast Network. I'm your host, Dave Melton, site manager for Second City Hockey. You can find me on Twitter at SCH underscore Dave M. And uh, seems like another group therapy session is on the way tonight. We just watched the Blackhawks lose to the Hurricanes 4-3. to I've got all of the usual line mates with me this evening, so let's bring them all in. Up first, the analytics darling of Second City Hockey. You can find on on Twitter at Shepard G. Price. It is Shepard Price. Hi, uh, I am tired and I didn't think of anything because I'm tired. So I'm, I'm right yeah. there with you. I'm also tired. Uh, I was, I, I was watching the game and I did not see the Carolina hurricane score a fourth goal. And I just like, when I saw the score, I was like, okay, yeah, that makes sense. Was, yeah. I mean, the first period was boring as hell. Uh, the second period was a little bit better. And then third period was just more frustrations. So, you know, Blackhawks hockey. Catch the fever. Also with this. It could be worse. It could be worse. It could be Vegas where you actually literally would catch a fever because everybody's hurt. I mean, the Hawks caught a fever for a while. So, yeah. Uh, Also with us this evening, he is the second city hockey. What Keith Buckley is every time I die. And you can find him on Twitter at mill 182. It's mill Savage. I am the new black. We are the new black. One time I saw them play that whole record, or not that record, different one. But they played that in the encore, and he just introduced the song as horny as hell. And I'm like, well, I'm quitting music because I can't stop <laughs> that. By the way, have you listened to the new album? Yeah, it's amazing. I played with them once, and it was like the highlight of my life. I, y- yes, yes, it would be. Yes, it would be. They're they're amazing. <laughs> and also, uh, uh, Shay would know uh, Andy Williams, the guitar player of Every Time I Die, as the Butcher in AEW. <gasps> Oh, <laughs> there we go. Full so, circle. So uh, the Not, whole world is connected in weird ways. <laughs> it's all connected, folks. It's all connected. Also, with this, this evening, it is the Second City Hockey Bullion Wall of Text. You can't find her on Twitter, but she is at secondcityhockey.com under the name LBR. It is Betsy. Um, I was going to lead with uh, I know people know that I'm staying with my mom during the pandemic. So she was like, yelling at the tv during like the whole braves thing so she was really excited about that and uh i went down to tell her i was like look i get enough of you yelling at the news during the day so i need you to like not be so loud at nighttime and she was like well you haven't been loud during your hockey games for a while and i was like oh it's like a dagger to my heart that she noticed that she's like is your team is your team playing i thought hockey started i was like god damn it why am i getting this at home too your your hockey soul has been murdered by my mother. Yeah. Oh. Unintentionally, too. She didn't even mean it. That's the worst is that I think the unintentional parents, parental side swipes, those are the ones that catch you off guard. I just, I just walked upstairs and was like, that's true. Go be happy for your team, I guess. Well, so, sounds like she's having a great time. It must be fun to watch sports win. Like Even the fucking I, Bulls lost tonight. It is not a good time to be a Chicago sports fan. Uh, she's good, too, because her team is also um, UGA, so there's oh. still... They're still like not gonna lie, kind doing of starting, to starting to hit her a little bit. A little bit. I mean, at least the Bulls were enjoyable, though. That's true. That's true. That was a good game. Yeah. At the end. Yeah. It was. It was entertaining. Um. I mean, the Hawks game was somewhat entertaining this evening. So, yeah. uh, let, let's talk about that, shall we? Um. But up first, um, all the stuff you can find secondcityhockey.com. Throw out all the Twitter handles for the individual staff. The main account is at two ND City Hockey. Um, and you know, share, rate, review, all that good stuff with the podcast. Subscribe, unsubscribe, resubscribe. Do that like thirty six times, and we, we'd appreciate it all very much. Send us emails. 
Send us, send us email. Sure. That's a uh, second city hockey at gmail.com. All one big long word. Um, so we had a little discussion in the Slack chat and before we hit the record button here and we decided that we're just going to let Betsy steer the ship initially because she's got some thoughts and I, I want to hear them. So Betsy, all you. All right. So what the fuck is up with Reese Johnson <laughs> being in the lineup again? I don't I'll drink to that. Like, okay. Reese Johnson is probably a nice young man. He's yeah. seems like, he seems all right as a person. I don't know him, but I hope for the best. Okay. You hope he's a good guy. You hope he's okay. Reese, one of Jimmy Neutron's friends. <laughs> Shane what? or Carl Weezer. <laughs> I think there's a Reese in that show. I could be wrong. That's Malcolm in the middle. Oh, yeah, that's true, too. Anyway, sorry. Go ahead. That's fine. Um, it took me, like, I'm so in annoyance about this whole thing because Reese Johnson's not a good player, okay? Even when he played with the Ice Hogs um, for the full season, he did better the second one, but he barely registered as replacement level, as an AHL player, statistically, okay? He had eight fucking points, the entire time. But how many hits did he have, Betsy? How many hits did he have? Wait, wait. So, Betsy, <laughs> what you're saying is Reese Johnson is a tomato can. <laughs> yeah. oh, yes. He's just, I want him to on go the away. On the ice. Um, okay, so he had eight points in 52 AHL games. And I get that, like, his last season in the WHL, he had 53 points, which is pretty good. It wasn't a point per game and he was an overager. So it's not like it was great, but um, I can, you know, it's fine. Give him a contract, let him see what he has. Right. That's fine. But when a player isn't doing that well in the AHL, except that the only thing that you can say is he's hard to play against, which is not a good qualifier at all, because tell me how, why, what is it? Is it just grit? Is it just hits? What actually is it? hard to play against because he got scored on a lot he didn't score himself fuck off with that so then you put him (laughs) you put him in the nhl and i get that there's a lot of injuries right now and a lot of people on covid and you're like okay they don't have a lot of depth i would rather them play him and even hardman over say bringing up reichel or even nylander because it's a waste they don't need to be up here they should be playing the top line minutes in rockford that's fine but then you have people coming back. You have Strom just sitting there. You have Gaudet just sitting there. Just why? Why is he still there? Four minutes. Four minutes tonight. Like, that's ridiculously stupid. 404 ice time from an yes. NHL player. And on, and on top of that, okay, so here's Whistle, right? Let's look at him. He is an actual potential NHL player. We don't know yet. He could be a good fourth liner. He could even be a third liner. Who knows? We don't yet but they keep putting him with with johnson reese johnson and it's dragging him down then what do you do strom is driving offense for a couple of games and you're like okay this is nice he's at least he at least looks good offensively maybe not scoring but he's he's definitely pushing the pace a little bit better than some other players what is what happens he gets put on the fourth line with johnson his minutes drop his effectiveness drops and then he gets benched the next day but who stays in the lineup Reese fucking Johnson. Why? Got it. Same thing. Got it. Pushing pace in the top nine. Then he gets dropped to the fourth line with Reese Johnson. Effectiveness hits an all-time bottom. Who is the lowest player on the team in 
possession time in shot attempts, uh, share shot, uh, shot share, expected goal share, goals share, like everything. It's Reese Johnson. It's Reese Johnson. He's been on the ice for zero goals for zero and five against, which seems like a small amount. But when you put it towards how much ice time he's actually had, that's terrible. And yes, Yes, he is getting more defensive zone starts than some other players. That's true. But against the lowest fucking quality of competition. So it shouldn't be that hard. That just means he can't get out of the zone. He doesn't play well with the others. And I feel kind of bad now ranting about this because this guy's probably not that, like he's probably a good kid. But get him off the ice. Stop it. That's not his fault that he's being played above his level. He maybe should be in the ECHL. But at least go let him play in the HL and let him let him do his thing. Maybe... Maybe in like a year he could hone himself to be a better um, defensive player. Sure, let him come up then. But it's not now. He's not it yet. Um, and also, just speaking of fourth line stuff, uh, somebody mentioned they're like, well, maybe he's better defensively. He's not. Strom isn't great <laughs> defensively. Gaudette isn't great defensively. Reese Johnson is actually worse. So again, there's no reason other than the fact that maybe he can hit that he's playing above those two and it's annoying and I need it to stop. Otherwise I'm going like, he's he's like what Zadorov was for me last year times like 20, (laughs) which is terrible because he doesn't even play that much. It's annoying. (laughs) I need to stop. So it's not the problem is the guy plays like three minutes and he's fucking in instead of stroming God dead. It's like, what the hell are you doing? Yeah. Well, here's, here's, the the problem that I have landed on now, like with Jeremy Collinson's system has been talked about ad nauseum and I'm just, I'm, I'm ex- exhausted of that debate. I can't do it anymore. It's probably not good, but l- like the dead horse has been beaten. Let's move on. Now I'm at the point where I don't even know what hockey philosophy Jeremy Collinson has when he selects his lineups because, or, or just what I, I don't get what he's trying to do. Well, no, let me take that back. I get what he's trying to do. I don't understand how he got the job if this is his hockey philosophy. Like, it's almost like Stan Bowman is to Jeremy Colleton what Jeremy Colleton is to Reese Johnson. Jeremy Colleton keeps putting Reese Johnson into situations he doesn't belong into. Stan Bowman put Jeremy Colleton into the head coaching position of an NHL team where he does not belong. If you go back to, I mean, John Quinville on the first fucking line in a playoff game, a playoff elimination game with, I think it was Taves, Kubelik and Quinville when he dressed him in the elimination game against the golden Knights, that was his big move. And then, you know, it's, and you see the same principle. He keeps bringing out all these third and fourth line plugs that don't really do anything other than maybe they get some hits from time to time, but they can't skate. They can't shoot. They can't score. They can't do anything that actually helps you win a goddamn hockey game. And it's just, I don't, I see no hope for anything with this team right now, as long as he's still coaching it. I just look, Jeremy Carlton is a man addicted to grit. And we've <laughs> talked a lot about grits on this podcast before. Uh, so we, wow. we understand, we wow. understand the addiction to grits, but he's addicted to grit. And in 2021, the addiction to grit gets you nowhere. And when he realizes that the players he's put in there for grit aren't, effective against teams like Carolina who like people shouldn't have expected to win against this team. They're nine and Oh, now they're nine, zero and zero. Oh, but they're like, due for team. a loss. Colby Cole had told me. 
Okay, well, they're they're due for a loss. They're what they're they're they might be the best team in hockey, but they're due for a loss. Um, and they have they probably have the best coach in hockey. Uh, like this, the like his usage of players drives me insane. Yeah, because like yeah, look at look at Reese Johnson playing four minutes instead of putting Stroman or uh, Gaudet. But at the same time, he wouldn't. Jeremy Carlton. Let's admit to ourselves right now that we and this is an open, safe space. He wouldn't use Strom the way Strom needs to be used at all. Why are we trusting him to do that? No, he, he, put, he, he kept putting Nicholas Bodin and Ian Mitchell on ice as defensemen for nine minutes. He kept doing that. He kept doing that until Ian Mitchell was sent back down to Rockford. Like nine minutes. That's nothing to a defenseman. What about Kampf as 2C? Between the and Kane. Like I wrote about the Strom usage with Colleton in the offseason, but like this is also the same fucking guy who they're down by one late and he has Kane out there for three and a half fucking minutes. Kane, not like I, you know, I, I think like, he Kane. just weaves them out there for three and a half minutes. It's like, come on, draw Kane something up. For 25 minutes tonight, 25 minutes. And I get they were cha- like they had to chase the end, but there was no. If you could just figure out a good line balance. And let's go back to, like, one of the knocks against Q was his line blender, right? And sometimes his lines didn't make sense on paper. You'd be like, why is that happening? He did Um, it against competition, the target competition. Yeah. He made matchups. He would rotate off of them pretty quickly. You'd be like, well, why is Andrew Shaw there when he shouldn't be, you know? Or why is... Why is Carcillo there when he shouldn't be? You know, <laughs> that stuff would happen occasionally. It was not like a regular thing. Why is Carpenter playing with Taves? Well, yeah. Why is Carpenter on that line? Why? Why is? Why is? It's Dominic because that, he's that using line. that Taves line as a checking line. It's they're taking as much quality competition as they can get. Now, other teams are going. Uh, why should we care about that? I'm going to fucking target Debrinket and Kane. Obviously, yeah. they're the threats. So it's not working. You know, it's like they look up and down the lineup and go, well, there's only one line that can score. So I'm just going to put my guys on that. And so Taves is wasted in a line of let me defend crap, you know. So it's like putting a fourth or fourth liner or an HL player on every line except one doesn't work. And it's never going to work and it needs to stop. And then also just don't play EHLers. Okay. (laughs) Like. Well, yeah, I mean, they're like their their roster depth is not great. So maybe there's one or two on the fourth line of guys who are you know of of the fringe variety, but they, like there's I remember we talked in the preseason like on paper like this roster was not awful. Mm-hmm. No, it's certainly not one one in nine or or one in ten. Yeah, like, this two. is the eleventh. This is the eleventh game. They're one in ten. I don't give a fuck about overtime losses. They're one in ten. This is not a one in ten roster. By one in ten, and you can only and you can only pin like maybe two or three losses on all the off uh, off the ice drama that affected this team. I'm sure it, it, it you know didn't help matters, but but they were own what own six own seven before. All that news dropped anyway, so they lost. Yeah, and then they ended up losing nine before they even won a fucking game. Yeah, yeah. They, I mean, they only got the win once that stuff had dropped. Like, yeah, I, and you can I, only... I assumed it was a wait, wait, wait. After Kane had a vacation for ten days. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, and 
Uh, tonight, it was so frustrating in the game threads because there's a lot of people who will comment to me that I just look at stats. Well, I didn't look at stats until the freaking second period was over, okay, at all. So I was just going by eye test, and people were like, they look so much better. And I was like, what game are you watching? They do not look so much better. They don't look the worst they played this season, but that's like the lowest bar that you could just trip over, okay, at this point. Um the Canes were playing with their food. Okay. They were playing with their food. Yeah, it's the that's, same thing that's, that happened last season. Teams would like, be like correct. Uh, they turned it correct. on at the 30, 35 minute mark and uh, took over. And they didn't even have to do much. And even when they were playing with the food, they still had better possession time, way better scoring chances. Though, I mean, credit that neither team had high danger chances by location in the first. So I guess the Hawks kept the Canes from doing that. I don't think they really were doing anything. I think the Canes were just like, eh, to start. Um, but even, even at their best, the Hawks weren't within spitting distance of any statistical category. And that's what it looked like on the ice, except for the, the, the goals. And that's just because Patrick Kane and Dabrinkit and Kershev and, and a couple of other players were like, I'm going to score now. It's the month of November. So Patrick Kane is going to be like on a tear. Um, but that's just more mirage. It's still a bad team. And, and it's a mirage helps. against Freddie Anderson, too. Let's let's acknowledge the fact that it's Freddie Anderson, and Freddie Anderson's not a great goaltender. I, I just want to add to, to what LBR said real quick, too, because I absolutely agree that the Canes were they, – they were doing what the Bulls used to do in the 90s. The Bulls would let teams hang around for three quarters thinking they could win, and then in the fourth quarter, they'd be like, all right, fuck this, and they'd close it out. But – you don't like, we all are like into analytics. I know you guys know more than I do, but look, they're one in 10. You don't need analytics to tell you that this team is playing like shit. And they did not look great tonight either. They don't look good on the ice. Like I don't, they look like shit. And there's no other way to put it. I'm almost, it's almost better. I feel like that they didn't score. Like they had three, Two, uh, two two-minute power plays and then a double minor. So had eight minutes of power play time in the third period, down by one and never scored and ended up losing because of it. And I'm almost glad that they didn't score because it would have been like fool's gold if they'd scored and tied the game or taken the lead on all those power plays because like this is how – this is the knock we've had – on Colleton since he became this team's coach. They play like shit at five on five. If they do win a game, it's because the power play goes off or their goalie stands on their head or both. They get outshot, outchanced, outpossessed, out everything at five on five, which is, you know, 70 to 80% of the game. Well, like, I, I don't understand. Like, I, I understand there was just a massive regime, regime change and, you know, all, all the off-eye stuff takes precedent initially, but I, I, there's no way that they can keep doing I still point to next Friday, November 12th, they play the Arizona Coyotes, and then they have four days off. And I just – I fucking hope something changes. Like, it, it can't – it can't keep going on like well, that. What happens if wanna... they lose to the Coyotes and give the Coyotes their first win? What happens? <laughs> We just quit. Look they fire the next day, <laughs> or maybe that night. Fuck it, I don't care. Just, just give me, um, like, give me something to watch because there's, there's no reason to fucking watch this team at right now. I, I, I just want to again all the off ice stuff aside. 
the product on the ice is just fucking miserable. It's it shouldn't be this bad, but it is. Right. They don't have they're they're not inept with talent. It shouldn't be this bad. But I want to add something you said, Dave, with, with the power play. People are acting like when they win with power play goals, oh, they're fine. These are the same people making jokes about how the power play sucked under Glenville. It's like, yeah, because they said we're gonna fucking win this game five on five and the power play is great. Now look at it. It's a yeah. fucking opposite. Yeah. I mean, I don't know, like, I don't know what else to say. It's just it, it feels like a I just feel completely apathetic about this team from an on ice perspective. And I Yeah, because they're shitty. Which yeah. is the worst place to be in. There's nothing worse than than apathy as a fan because uh, you just you're completely devoid of the emotion, which is the reason you're watching this stuff in the first place. Is to have some sort of um, uh, some sort of emotional roller coaster ride while you're watching the game. Now it's yeah. just like if they get a lead, all right, that's probably not going to last very long. And then if they fall behind, all right, well we're probably staying there. Yeah, so, and it's not like you're hate watching them anymore. Where you're like, oh, oh let's do them fuck this up. It's boring. Hey, when boring. we get to ballot by uh, when they come back from that Olympic break, there might be some hate watching involved. Maybe before then, I don't know. I want to hate watch like during the holiday season. I'll still be in a good mood then, but yeah, the Bulls are sick. We get to January and it's going to be you know we get a wind chill of negative twenty one night. Yeah, there might be some hate watches happening. I mean, Dude, you're, by- you're going to hate watch, and then they're not even going to win the lottery, and it'll evolve <laughs> it for nothing too. And uh, yeah, and they'll have they'll have traded the third the third overall pick for yeah. Well, I was going to point out so uh, real quick before sorry, Mill. Um, no, you're okay. You're okay. Go ahead. Collison keeps like his favorite phrase for players right now is, you know, hard to watch and it it's hard to stomach. But um, after the thing, he said something like uh, it's a hard, it's another hard lesson. I would like us to stop learning hard lessons. And I want to be like, stop using the word hard at all. Maybe (laughs) Um, just stay away from it because it's not good for you. Um, Play skilled players and maybe, they you could win. I don't know. Just try for more than like wow. a couple of games, and not with other terrible players. It just seems like I'm gonna take a shot every time I hear the word hard from <laughs> Jeremy Colleton. I'll just be like, should we do a live it. podcast where we we have a? I can make a Hawks drinking game out of the bingo. I'm <laughs> <laughs> um, gonna get alcohol poisoning. It's yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if my liver is gonna be able to handle that. Bro. If I haven't done it yet, I mean, but hey, by the end of the season, Dave, you and I are going to be like Larry Bird and Bill Murray at the end of Space Jam, where I'm like, that could be us out there. Oh, well, go Bulls. <laughs> yeah, you just got to, I can't do recreate the voice that he does, but. Go Bulls. Yeah, just just type in Bill Murray, Space Jam, go Bulls on YouTube, and you'll see the clip that Mill's referring to. Larry um, Bird just sitting there rolling his eyes. <laughs> yeah, I just, I I'm at the point, like, it was similar to the the point I was in with the, you know, the entire Blackhawks front office and all the other stuff where, you know, thing, nothing was the direction of the team was never going to change if they didn't clean house up above. And now it's, it feels like the same thing with the, the on ice product of nothing's going to change if you don't get rid of this coach. And I don't, I don't know what else to say other than that. The, the, uh, Why the problem, the problem is that again, we have an, in, we have an interim GM, and I don't know how much that power that well, interim GM has. I, I think you have to uh, whoever the uh, Kyle the Danny. I, what I'm what I it like feels like I, I really feel like this season's already lost. If I'm being perfectly no. oh yeah no, they, it would I, take a miracle if they are. We've talked. We we, we just mentioned it. They're one in ten, and they 
it's yeah, it's November fucking third, and I'm already like, this season's done. There, there's no. There, there, there probably ten losses in November third. Yeah, and so there, so like there, yeah, it would take a miracle for them to like, get a wild card. It feels like they are. Um, it's going to be you know the interim GM will hire an interim head coach. It'll probably you know be Crawford or Brookbank. They'll just promote, and then they're just going to play out this stretch. They're going to hope to God no other bad PR stuff happens off the ice. Yeah, and, we'll get to, and then we'll get to April, and then maybe they'll try and find full-time guys for each spot. Full-time people, I should say. Maybe I, I, I think they're going to look for three full-time people because they're going to look for, for a poho, they're going to look for a GM, and they're going to look for a head coach. Yeah. The Hawks lost 10 games before the World Series was done. Well, Like, think about that. Isn't tonight number 10? Yes. Oh, wait, ooh, nine. Yeah. Whatever. Do you, you yeah. really think a they'll... lot. They lost a lot. <laughs> Shay, you just said that you think that they'll look for another GM. Um, from all reports, Kyle Davidson was kind of being groomed to be the next GM. Um, I, and, and I, 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 but groomed by who? Because if it's still yeah, a moment, they, that I think it's not. Well, sure, but but think about the fact that the ownership was liked Bowman like we are like right now about him but they were confident in him and the only reason they removed him was because of the scandal like again as we said earlier if the Hawks were winning would Bowman be gone Uh, Uh, I I have to be completely honest though I think that Bowman's job was mostly safe anyway because of his dad until his dad bites it yeah I mean I just I'm not like super (laughs) Like I, I don't, I don't I know, I don't many, know Davidson at all, except that he was who got the Kubalik and Strom contracts done. That's the only. I thing heard he's I like uh, kind of like the guy in Toronto, where he's real analyticsy and young. He, yes, but, please. But they uh, keep saying analyticsy around about Colleton too, and we know that's not fucking true. No, well, it might be <laughs> analytics, just not hockey analytics. <laughs> <laughs> what uh, Google analytics? He's just I, searching David, what's the most trending person. Black fucking hair, hair gel analytics. They, they're getting a Davidson lot. Davidson is uh, young. He's like uh, thirty-two or thirty-three. <laughs> He's younger than Dubis. Um, I know that. But Dubis, Dubis had a lot more pedigree. Uh, Davidson's been with the, like, it went hockey ops since 2010. Yes, um, but, well, okay, so that's, that immediately strikes me as bad, because I don't want anyone associated with 2010. I mean, he was an intern. Anywhere near in charge of this team? I mean, he was an intern, to be fair. Hey, uh, they're all dorks, so who cares? Yeah. I mean, I'll <laughs> take a dork if they know what they're doing. Yeah, I. Oh yeah, yeah. I love dorks. Sure, I'm just I'll, saying I'll take until- all the nerds right now. I or dorks, nerds, geeks, whatever. I don't care. I just want. <laughs> I want some. All right, look, dorks, nerds, and geeks are all different. Have you ever seen the SNL skit? We have to <laughs> guess which one it is. Oh, that's why. I, that's why I use all those terms. And, and I feel like I. I might have portion. I. I feel like I'm assembled by those three parts. But the overall. Same. Thing, I just want someone who isn't going to use the fucking word grit because, like, I. I can appreciate grit. Like, you know, toughness, perseverance, I appreciate all those things. They're important. Of course they are. But there's also an element of you don't get to the fucking NHL or any professional level as an athlete without being full of grit. So don't talk to me about all that shit after you lose a game. Do just be better. Play better hockey and put better players in the lineup. Put better players on the power play. Give us something to watch. For fuck's sake. Oh, this is supposed to be yeah. entertainment, and it's it is it is not. It's not. 
this is why I don't think it's going to be Davidson is that like this product is awful. And why would you keep someone who is associated with this awful product? Well, nice? I mean, it's, I'm sure his defense could be, I had no hand in it or like, it I, I would need his defense would need to be, I disagreed with the Seth Jones trade. Except that I don't think ownership probably, they might've liked that. I just, I don't, what ownership thinks and what we think are probably nine day. Unfortunately. I mean, but player trades and transactions, like regardless of when it is at this point is like the least of their problems. They can't even get their good players to play well. Uh, well, um, I mean, that says a lot, you know? Well, you know what? Actually, now that I think about it, one of those players we're going to talk about on the other side of this timeout. Cause I've been, I've wrote about him in a little bit in the recap and I want to pick your guys' brains on this because I'm, I'm, I'm getting some concerns. Uh, we're going to do that uh, on the other side of this quick timeout, so come on back for that. Welcome back to Museums on Madison. And as promised before the break and teed up so well by Mill, uh, there, there's one player in particular that I'm I'm getting a little worried about. And uh, I'm, I, I had to Google this to make sure I understood. I, I think where I'm at now, if we go like on the five levels of DEFCON, I'm, I'm up to DEFCON 4. It's above normal readiness. It's uh, increased intelligence watch, strength and security measures, I guess. Uh, strength and security measures against my own potential disappointment here. It's Kirby Doc. Um, I I have been, like, all of last season was a weird situation. You know, he broke his wrist, came back early, probably wasn't healthy, made me shouldn't have come back at all. Didn't look very good. And, yeah, I know he looked really good in the playoffs. And he's a number three pick, and he's still very young, and he came to the NHL straight out of juniors. Uh, so he came to the NHL a year before Jonathan Taves did. So all these caveats exist, but he has zero. He has one point in the last seven games. He has four points for the season total in 11 games. And it's just – I think I mentioned this a few weeks ago when it happened, but it just – him juxtaposed with Lucas Raymond scoring a hat trick – against the Hawks in Chicago. And there was something about it being a Detroit player that kind of made, you know, the knife twist a little bit more, but, and I understand Kirby Doc's not necessarily a goal scorer, so he's not going to do that, but a, in a performance equivalent to a hat trick, you know, maybe like two or three assists or a goal to a three point night, or just some night where Kirby doc is visibly noticeable as one of the better, if not the best players on the ice and I feel like I haven't seen that once out of him this season. So, uh, I again, I'm not writing him off. I'm not giving up on him completely. I'm just saying my level of concern with Kirby Doc has gone up a level higher than it was at the start of the season because he's of a, what I'm going to call a subpar showing through the first three weeks of the season. Granted, he's not I, the only person in the boat of a subpar showing, but we had a lot higher hopes for him than some other people. And then I'm going to, uh, Shay, it sounds like you spoke up. So yeah, I was going to say, throw it to me and Shay. Come on. We got this. Go, go ahead. You guys could talk again. Go Shay, you first. Talk me back down to DEFCON five. I'd appreciate it. But right now I'm firmly in DEFCON four. You're right. He's young. It's like literally his sophomore season. If like, if he was able to experience actual seasons where he didn't get hurt and, uh, have COVID, Mm-hmm. shortened the season like he's played so before the season he played 82 games he played a full rookie season okay. uh so they're like and he had a good playoff season for that rookie season um 
he. <sighs> don't sign. Yes. Do, do I do <laughs> do I do I also do I also want to see a three point night from him? Yes. Do I think he will get there the way he's been playing this season? Um, and he's just like sort of just gotten unlucky and like his goals. He's he scored a lot of his goals early, but like. He scored a lot of the goals when nobody else was scoring goals. And that's part of the problem was that like he, he could have been a part of a good win if anybody else had stepped up. Like he was the leader in, in goals for a little while for this team. Like that's a little bar he's, he's been there. He's his, I, it's just, he's not getting surrounded by the talent he needs to be surrounded by. And that's an, uh, is it another failure of Jeremy Colleton more than it is? Oh, a so it's Colleton's fault that Doc's no good. All right. Yeah, I kind of, I don't think Doc's no good. I think Doc is playing in a bad system and is not being coached up to his full potential. And I think a different coach might have Kirby Doc in a better place. And I really, the God, the fucking pitch, pitch for Colleton being a youth whisperer. Uh, is I'm just say the most master. great communicator. <laughs> the great communicator, the great youth, the great youth, like welcomer. The youth pastor. <laughs> uh, he, I, don't, I don't know if he listens to that podcast, Mill. <laughs> sorry, it's so, so ingrained in my brain. <laughs> I also uh, think, like, just like I'm this sorry, team Shay. has this team has a lot of like center needs, and. It's just like there's I think there's I think teams are able to focus on Doc in ways that they shouldn't be able to if A, Carlton was able to do matchups properly and B, there was like any other center who was playing up to there, like where they should be to. Like if Taves was anywhere near where Taves should be, like maybe Doc's got a little bit less pressure and that means that he can actually excel. Like or he needs to be put in positions. Tyler to Johnson excel. wasn't yes. yeah. Like so okay. First of all, I'm going to push back on the whole he hasn't looked good because I thought he was one of the best, if not the best forward for the Hawks for the first like five or six games. Like unquestionably was better than pretty much everyone, including Kane and Debrinket to I, me. I was, yeah, I was going to throw Debrinket out there, but all right. I, um, I no, no, Debrinket looked really good too. It's just Doc was driving play better than anybody else. He had, uh, other than one game, uh, Doc had better transition numbers um, across the board than most forwards. Um, Patrick Kane and Debrinket always flirt to the top too, but considering Doc was playing with them through some of that, the fact that his transition numbers were so strong was kind of ridiculous. Because um, normally players on lines with them do not, like Suter's transition numbers last year were terrible not because he wasn't good at transition but because they just never gave it to him to to actually go into the zone or anything like that on top of that his passing numbers are still very very good um it's a little bit below last year which is one of the areas that I was like see he's a good so the playmaking's happening but uh first five six maybe even seven games doc was top three at the very least forward wise to me and yeah he's trailed off a little bit I think some of that has to do with the fact that one Tyler Johnson's out of the lineup um and there's literally no and and Borgstrom's out of the lineup so there's no matchup possibilities who who are you going to take okay who if you're an opposing coach and you have a choice of matching up against Doc and Kane or Doc and Debrinkit or Entwistle and Reese Johnson who are you gonna do yeah, obviously not going to go for those other guys. So some of it's some quality stuff. I'm not sure he's ready to be a 1C, and I don't think anybody 
thought he would be necessarily in his essentially his sophomore season. Um, and that's fine. The problem is the Blackhawks don't have enough depth to protect him in any way, shape or form. Um, and they've been crappier down the line, but I'll also say that doc technically has the, I want the third highest expected goal rate on the team. Like um, it's, or fourth, excuse me, it's Kane to bring it Kershev and doc. Um, so he's getting to the areas he wants. There's a couple of bad habits he's been doing recently. He hasn't been driving to the net as much as he was in the first six or seven games. Uh, he keeps going into the corner a little too much. They keep dumping into the corner a little too much. And, uh, he hasn't come out with the like possession of it as much as he was before. Um, but I don't know if that's not a game plan change. Like they've been dumping a lot more in general and they're not great at it. And they need to stop that <laughs> anyway. Um, but he does need to, to, to get better in that area. I'll say. Um, but I, I haven't minded him in the last couple of games. I just don't think he's been as much of a bright spot, but I did like him a lot to start the season. So I'll take in consistency. Um, and I'll point out what we were saying in the break. Doc should have at least three more assists, in my opinion. There were two very specific plays where he was the main driver of the goal coming in. If they gave assists for getting into the zone and starting the rush or something like that, which they, you know, if that's the point, Kane used to have a lot of these when he first came into the league where you'd be like, Kane started that play. Mm. Like Kane is the catalyst for that play, but he didn't get an assist because he just happened to be the third or fourth player that actually touched the puck. Um, Both of them were on the power play. um, And then there was a third one at five on five that honestly, I think like if you were going to give an assist of like who actually contributed to a goal, he would have gotten it. So I don't want to look at points so much um, for a player that you're trying to develop. I think that's when you get into the territory of wanting to trade them before they're ready, before they've come to anything. And the Blackhawks have traded too many young guys before they got to where they were. We're lucky that Dabrinkit wasn't traded during his slump. Okay. Let's all like <laughs> let's congratulate ourselves and be yeah. happy that he wasn't traded during our slump. Like every, every other young <laughs> top 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 uh quality player that we've ever had in well, recent years so well, and, and you know what and i was gonna offer a retort related to alex to bring it and that as soon as alex to bring it arrived like it like he was like an immediate like oh this guy's a stud and then like it it and then it progressed from there into like this guy's like like this is like a legitimate star player now i think and then and i think there, there's just ways when he I, – I, I don't have a good way to uh, articulate this other than to just say he looks the part. When he, when he has the puck, when he's chasing down the puck, uh, yep. when he's, you know, when they're on the power play and he's moving around to get an opening, Alex to bring it looked the part. And I feel like he has looked that way since he arrived. The difference, though, with Alex to bring it is he was already 20 years old. He was, he was 19 turning 20 – the year that he arrived. So that would put him a year after the uh, doc arrived a year earlier than to did. So again, and then it was in the Debrinket second season when he erupted for 41 goals. So that would be next season for doc 
would be the equivalent of that. So I still think like Doc's maybe trailing a little bit behind where Debrinket was at this stage of their careers, but um, it's oh, I, I think. I think the, the point that I you guys keep reminding me of and that I keep trying to remind myself of and sometimes I struggle to remind myself of is that Doc came here when he was 18 and that is extremely rare for guys in general. So Yes. Uh, and it's also player player development arcs are are wildly different. Like yeah. Sean Couture Sean Couturier didn't become Sean Couturier till like he was like 25, 26 years old. Yeah. Brad Marchand, who's arguably the best wing in hockey, didn't become Brad Marchand until he was like 27. Yeah. I mean, even like Kane didn't become like a hundred point player until like his late twenties. So right. Um, yeah. So I again I don't always put into perspective that people are like, Doc is supposed to be the next Taves. First of all, that's like a really high ceiling. Second of all, Taves also wasn't here his first year. He yeah, took a whole year and he's a little old in his draft. You know, like just Patrick Kane was old in his draft. He was one of the oldest players in his draft. If Patrick Kane had been drafted with the year prior, like if his, if like the date, if he was just a month, I think it's a month, um, younger, um, older, month old, what? Whichever direction time goes to make that happen. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I don't think he would have, he might not have, he might not have been top 10. So like, just think about that. Doc's pretty young. Just if there's perspective. If he's still not getting it when he's like 22, then you start to worry. But I also, I'm not going to judge him too harshly until there, he like plays for a real coach. And I think. What age, what age do we have to give college until? well that's where i'm kind of glad you brought his name up mill because that that's another aspect of this whole thing with colleton where like it's nothing's getting better on the ice and he needs they need to move on from him because if if this whole if this team continues to play like shit for the whole season and they only end up winning like 25 30 games if you damage the development of kirby doc to an extent that he never recovers from it like I'm already significantly worried about how this franchise is going to look for the next 10 years. If Kirby doc does not transform into at least a, you know, permanent top six fixture, if not a top line fixture, you're fucked even more than I already think you are. And, and that's like, it's, it's already not looking so great for this team for the next decade. So. That's pretty fucked, Dave. <laughs> I do. I, I not great, Bob. Uh, yeah, I said not, not not great, Bob. I think I said it on last week's sh- the the Tuesday show we posted before all the other stuff happened on Tuesday, where it's like uh, Professor Finch or Inspector Finch and uh, V for Vendetta. If the Blackhawks are completely fucked for the next ten years, would you really want to know? Um, uh, I I, I, yeah, I don't. I'll I go don't. watch something else. Yeah. No. Well, yeah, yeah. Tell me now, at least, right? Now, what else am I gonna watch, man? Like, I'm just. Yeah, I, I'll stay for the, the I'll stay for the chance they might unfuck themselves. Yeah, that's that that's about all I got. Just the the hope of that. <laughs> you know, I just want to throw it out going back to what, what Shay said. It's like yeah, and I agree with Betsy too. It's like you can't really like shit on Doc yet, but it's like the coach is not putting them in a position to succeed. So we can keep talking about these players over and over and over again, but it's like it's kind of like a teacher not teaching you anything, and then you get to take the exam. It's like Kane's the smart kid who already knows how to get around it, but you have to tell people what to do. That's your job. And you know, the line combinations don't make it any fucking better. It's not the line combinations, Mill. It's the work ethic. 
Well, you know what? We're putting in a lot of work ethic to talk about these assholes. So, <laughs> yeah, I just, yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, I don't have any optimism that anything will get better until there's a coaching change. So I, I just want to say we're about a week removed from the, the whole, like everything coming out, you know, like the mm-hmm. one big day. And I said to my brother today, we were watching the game and I go, you know, offside stuff aside, I'm like, they're really shitty. <laughs> like no clouding the judgment here. Like on the ice, they suck and it's not fun. Yeah. Um, so we got to turn this thing around folks. <laughs> yeah. Get to sea level at least so we can enjoy watching it. And it's a long way back to sea level. Man. I'm, I'm very oh, calm the frog right now. I'm just watching games going, oh, I don't believe that. I don't know if this team will ever be 400 this season. Four, oh, uh, 500. 500. Jesus. Well, for 500, they have to tear off like what? 10 in a row? Nine, nine in a row? games under already, man. That's good yeah, luck. Um, We're not even at 200. <laughs> they're, they're under the Mendoza line. Holy crap. All right, really, really quickly here. I, I, we have a food take. We're going to dive into it. Uh, just really quickly, um, obviously, we didn't talk much about all the other off-ice stuff that's happened for the last week. Um, part of that is we're, we're, we're trying to have this be a place where people that do want to still follow the team can come to and hear about the team. Um, we, we did talk off-air briefly about if there's anything else to say. I, I did not have much. I, I do. Well, I take that back. I do have, do have one little thing to say, but I do. If, if Shay bets your mill, if any guys have anything else that you wanted to comment on, that's um, the last week, um, Gary Bettman and Bill Daly talked and that wasn't great. And then Taves and Kane talked and then apologized for what they said the first time. And then uh, I'm trying to think of what else has happened in the last week. Um, did we, did we, we didn't record before Kyle Beach even came forward, did we? I think we recorded. No. He came forward the next day. So um, all the credit in the world to Kyle Beach for coming forward and, and stepping out and revealing himself to be the, the victim of all this because um, that took more uh, more guts and more grit than uh, anybody else uh, involved in this entire situation did. Uh, fuck John McDonough to no end for not for completely hiding for everything for, fuck yeah, him. for, for everything just everything yeah for, for any, anybody who involved in 2010 who had any modicum of power fuck him yeah but i i feel i feel like his donna and gary like fuck that guy especially yeah because yeah, you could see they're all pointing fingers at each other here i got one one quick take okay and, and donald's fair fuck them yeah too. that's that was gonna be my thing is like don't get me wrong. I'm very disappointed with Joel Quenville. However, he is your head coach. He's not your fucking, you know, president of hockey ops, or your GM or your owner. And these guys are all pointing fingers at each other. It's like none of you assholes did anything. And then the PA is not doing anything. So fuck those guys for the whole league. They don't they clearly didn't care about the safety of their players. So that's that's pretty terrible. The yeah. systematic cult culture issue that they had. Yes. Oh, I, and yeah, Shay and I went into a big thing about this offline. <laughs> yeah, um, sorry, I just had to get mine out like a dick and just squirt yeah. it out on the pod. Sorry. Oh. So it just it was stupid all around. Fuck, fuck them all. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I've 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 literally written my master's thesis about the about some of the problems inherent in hockey culture and like that was racism. That that wasn't even like there's a lot of sexism and just like again I I've said it before and I'll probably say it again at some point. An old boys club is probably necessarily toxic. Like yes. it's it's not a good That's thing that hockey is an old boys. Yeah, hockey is not. A, it's not a good thing that hockey is an old boys club. It shouldn't be. And 
it can't be going forward. And I, I, I feel like it might be changing somewhat. Like this is, I, again, I, I, I don't always like to color things with silver lining because sometimes those, you know, that, that touch of optimism at the end, sometimes I feel like those are just misguided attempts to make people feel good about something that they shouldn't feel good about in general. And um, maybe I'm guilty of doing it again here, but I don't know, just, just seeing like last week, like seeing the reactions from like players around the league, like I think they, I think it was the Boston Bruins that sat as a team and watched Kyle Beach's entire video, the entire interview for like a half an hour. Um, there were tons of people all over hockey media speaking up, uh, tons of players speaking up, tons of, uh, you know, executives speaking up. Like, I, I, I think I said like a week ago when we started talking about it that, you know, this you know, hockey sports don't exist in a vacuum. And this particular topic is something our culture is failing to handle properly. And so, you know, hockey failed to handle it properly as well the culture has been improving in this regard, just the culture out just in the world in general, and maybe hockey starting to pick up on some of those improvements as well. That's all I got. Um, and hopefully, hopefully there are no more situations like this that come out. Um, and hopefully uh, none of the shit ever happens again. I, I, I don't know how uh, legitimate that hope is, but that's, that's the optimist. Uh, that's the optimist. I- that's all I got. I just want to throw something real quick because I know we're trying to wrap up in like 10 minutes. But um, as somebody who's known for being a hockey fan and obviously being part of the site, a lot of people who are casual fans or not really fans have come to me to ask me about this thing. And you don't realize how brutally hard it is to explain it to people who have no idea yeah. until you have to do it. And like, I mean, I'm not just talking like my my homies or whatever. Like I had a, a family friend's. 15 year old daughter asked me about this yeah. and I'm sitting there yeah. going like, how do I tell this poor kid? Like, you know, you can't, it's so heavy and it makes you have a wider perspective. Like not just thinking about how you think about it, but how, how a community of people. So this is fucking brutal. And uh, like Dave said, we have to hope not just that it never happens again, but people actively prevent that kind of culture and uh, just have a safer space for everybody. Yeah. And unfortunately we've already seen it. Rising again in Pittsburgh that they covered up oh, a scandal. Yeah, I saw the the female goalie. Is that yeah. yeah, is yeah, it a Billy Garen thing? No, no, yeah. that's that's a complete. Well, oh, I, it, I was I was referencing the Bill Garen thing. But, but yeah, both things are yeah. There there was a, a derogatory chant at a female goalie from a bunch of. I think it was just like a was it like a male prep school or something? I I didn't. Oh, God. I just, yeah, I don't know. It, it sounded like it was all guys, but I don't know. Um, but anytime yeah. you hear about this shit, it's never good. Yeah. So it's just yeah. I and and then like you had uh, Bryce Salvador, former Blue, who's now is Bryce Salvador, right? I got the name right. He was he's a youth coach now, and uh, like just one of his players got. I think taken away on a, in a stretch, like an ambulance injury. And like the other coach and like their team won and advanced to the finals. And they said, Hey, we're we're not going to play. One of our players just left in an ambulance. And the other coach got all shitty with them. I'm like, these are 12 year old kids. And this coach is like freaking out because they're not going to play in the, in the championship game. Like who gives a shit, dude? One of their teammates just left in an ambulance. It's, it's all, it's like, it has, this 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 giant tree has so many branches there and then in the the 
the whole base of the tree is rotten. So at, at the end of the day, have some human decency and have some respect for others. Yeah. That, that's, that's all you got to do. That's a very, that's a very easy way to describe. It's like some of this does not seem like it's wildly complicated. Just basic human decency, put people above all, all other things and, and you should be okay. I hope that kid's okay. I, I think he was okay. Uh, I, I mean, that's that was, that's never good to see a, you get their young kid get hurt like that yeah. or anybody, but yeah. you know. No, I, I I think he was all right. I, it's just the it was that, that's a whole that's a youth sports segment that I a tangent I can go off on that I'm just not even going to entertain at the moment because we're, we're already, me, it's already weird enough. Yeah, so playing let's, I've seen people get concussed. It's scary shit. Yeah, so. I've been concussed. It's very scary shit. Um, I, I don't have anything else, and I don't have a really good segue here. Um, so we're just going to yell at each other about food for about five minutes or so, and then we're going to wrap up this episode. Would um, you say it's a food fight? <laughs> <laughs> Damn it, no. I'm here for those fights. All right. Really? All right. Making it, dad jokes already? Yeah. Halloween Halloween was Sunday. Um, great holiday. A lot of candy involved. Um, but – I feel like I have said this on these airways before, and maybe it was like three years ago when I don't think any three of you were there. And I, I might've yelled this at Brandon and Brad back in the day, but three Musketeers are criminally underrated as a Halloween candy bar. It's like top three. I don't know why people continue to shit on three Musketeers bars. They are so, so, so good and wildly underrated all these other ones that people like to like almond joys get the fuck out of here. Coconut sucks. Um, hey, like hey, I love I love almond joys and mounds. To be fair, you know what though, Dave? I I don't disagree with what you're saying. I think the pro- you know what the problem with it is is that there's so many variations of similar candy bars between Milky Way and Three Musketeers and Snickers that people get them all flustered. Yeah, and Snickers is the best of those. <laughs> well, okay, so like here's here's the here's like. They're all, they all have like very similar foundations because Milky, the Three Musketeers is nougat and chocolate. And then Milky Way is nougat, caramel, and chocolate, which is the superior version, especially. No, get, get those, get those peanuts me, out of there. Me and, is me and Shay are just on the same page on all these food takes. <laughs> Mil, Milky Way is, and like, especially overseas in like Europe, where it's like the Mars bar instead. The Mars oh, yeah. bar is the perfect candy. Uh, like it's again nougat, caramel, and chocolate. It's enough. It's complex enough. I don't want the peanut. Get that <laughs> out of there. Like, a, like, a, like the maybe peanut. peanut, maybe peanut butter instead. But like peanuts itself, I mm, I don't know. I don't know what it is about it. But the Snicker is always like, like my sports. underrated candy bar in the top three is the hundred gram bar. I think that's the one that's the most underrated. Hundred gram is pretty good. Yeah. People never talk. I'm not saying it's like the best one. Oh. I'm saying it's underrated because it's never talked about. Because it's no good. No, no it's awesome. I know. I like Shay's like, I don't like, well, I don't want nuts in my things. And I'm like, but I like the texture of it. Because if you're like, like if you're going through like the Hershey bar pack, the variety pack, the Mr. Good bar is the best of those those ones because uh, of the peanuts. Oh, but no. those peanuts are cut up and like smaller. <laughs> and I agree guys, with that. Crackle. You guys might uh you might disagree with this take, but like for me, I like chocolate, but I can only eat so much of it. So like I like the soury, like like the shitty candy. 
<laughs> I like, like Grand bars. Yeah, exactly. Oh my god, I had a C four today, uh, which I should probably shouldn't have had, and uh, it was cherry Starburst flavored, and oh, it yeah. tasted what? like the candy. Please, please explain this to me. What the hell is it like a liquid Starburst? Um. So okay, like sometimes like a fruity four loco is what it. If I'm like. taking no, like when I'm taking like a pre workout, they make all these crazy flavors, and a lot of them I don't like, but I like trying them. You know, like I think I'm gonna like them. And the candy ones always taste better as a drink than as a candy. Like there's a rain that's uh, white gummy flair, white gummy bear uh, flavored. It's better as a drink somehow. And then the Starburst one, the pink one doesn't taste exactly like it, but the red one, it tastes just like a cherry Starburst. And it's amazing. Uh, and then uh, you want to go run through a brick wall. For Halloween next year. Yeah. Going okay, back to the... the... Go ahead. Oh, see, so then they're going to have to go into cardiac arrest. <laughs> <laughs> Can't give a kid C4. <laughs> Going back to the Three Musketeer, the reason it's not as talked about as much as it should be is because, like, I have never seen it in a variety pack. Like, that's because especially it like the with all those other peasants, it belongs in its own packaging. You know what? Come to think of it, Dave, you might because you you and I are from here. Growing up, like they used to have ads for it on TV a lot. Yeah, do you do you remember that? Yeah. I don't know if you guys. Yeah, God. they made a movie. Yeah, sorry. Um, no, but yeah, but they yeah, used to the yeah, oh, okay. commercials. Yeah. Now that you don't see, now you only see Snickers. May, you know, maybe, maybe that's what Three Musketeers needs is better PR. Well, yeah. What the fuck? I was gonna say, yeah. I don't. I think the Three Musketeers is in one of the Christmas ones. My mom just got. It's got uh, M and M, Snickers, Starburst, Milky Way, and uh, Musketeers in it. You know what, too? Shea brought up the naming thing with Europe. In America, they fucked it up. Three Musketeers probably should have been Milky Way because there's three ingredients. And then Milky yes. Way probably should have been Three Musketeers. Right? Once again, better PR. <laughs> That's what we need here. <laughs> and I'm just thinking about all the ones that I like with nuts in them now because I like Baby Ruth's a lot, too. And those are How about Paydays? Pay- oh, Paydays are good. Yeah, they're um, good. Can we all agree that Reese's are the top? No, I heard Hershey's and I was like, Hershey's? No. Reese's, no, not Hershey's, yes. Reese's. Yeah. Reese's, Reese's yeah. peanut butter cups are the only ones I will put over a Three Musketeers bar. Yeah, it's you almost like, like, it's like, what are you going to choose? You could get the regular cup size, you could get the little minis or maybe the pumpkins. Ones that, I think the, the, minis are, the pumpkins. Uh, you get the ones the that are, are trash, The though. East like, Egg ones or the bunnies. Oh yeah, no those. Oh, are yeah, yeah, yeah. Kick Did you just say um, that the trees are trash? The trees are great. The, the, <laughs> no, that, they're that's good. actually good texture. Yeah, yeah, the that's tre- like the best one. Yeah. What I was gonna say is Reese's pieces are trash. No, no, they're not. They're good. all right. Yeah, you gotta not, mix no, them. The, the, they're not the great. Chocolate to peanut butter ratio is all thrown off with those, and they, they, those because are, there's no chocolate. There's no chocolate in it. You gotta mix it with M and M's. Throws off the no, but. Okay, here's the thing though. Like, you can't mix a lot of peanut butter with a lot of different candies because of allergies now. But, like, if you buy a pack of those, you mix them with like a trail mix or some MMs, you're good to go. Mm. Uh, I, they also have cups with pieces in them, uh, Reese's pieces in them now. Now I really want to get into Christmas yeah, uh, candy. Thanks, guys. I've seen those and I think that they're trying too hard. We're getting more pissed off about candy than we did the oh, hogs. <laughs> Twix is so good. I just ate like 50 of them the other day. I like literally was handing out candy to kids and I was giving them like shitty, like, like dum-dums and stuff and keeping the Twix for myself. Oh, like an idiot. 
I just got a house for the first time and I had, so I had to hand out Halloween candy, which is a big thing. Like I'm not going to get egged the first day I'm at this house. And I had, you will buy me probably. No, I bought six bags of candy and it, like it was a two hour window and from five to seven and around six forty five, I had between three and four of those bags left in the bowl. And then one like army of 12 kids showed up and they got all of that candy because otherwise I was going to eat all of it. Um, and I still have the Christmas candy that I bought as an emergency because I couldn't find Halloween candy for a while. So uh, I've got I've already started into the Reese's Christmas trees and they're delightful. So usually what I do, like when it's like seven o'clock is usually when trick or treat's done now, I guess. And I grab the bowl of candy and I'm like, they're gone. Fuck them kids. And I put on hocus pocus and quote the whole thing while I eat a <laughs> bag of candy. Um, do you y'all trick-or-treaters stop at like seven man we get them into like nine in my mom's well, when we were kids when oh, we were gonna... kids it used to be like that i, I, mean, I was kids, like i was like mom turn the fucking porch light off i'm tired dave and i are <laughs> close enough in age to where you probably remember like we'd go all night yeah like i, I my don't nephew didn't it, get back till like 10 30 so. i don't remember it being so like organized like now it's like five to seven and then like like i'm in the suburbs so like the 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 police officers and then like the community whatever they're called or like patrolling and then after like like seven or five they're like get on their meg bones like go home no more candy like, <laughs> i told some kids today like, or the other day they're coming in they go oh sorry like one kid goes my bag's gonna rip and i said you guys are amateurs you gotta take a pillowcase yeah come on what is, <laughs> what is this here boy you know what kids these days i i know we're like the old like i'm the old man yelling at clouds Congratulations. <laughs> I think a lot of kids didn't even go trick-or-treating this this year. And it's like, what are you doing? They're going to give you well, candy for yeah, free. Yeah, for free. You don't have to do it. You show up, say trick-or-treat, they give you candy. I yeah. got older kids. Well, I got wear like, a costume. You don't even have to wear a costume. My nephew have didn't have, um, did, he like at the last minute got invited to like a, a trick-or-treating party that wasn't like in a house. It was like, you guys all travel together in a pack. And so he went and got a Toon Squad jersey and just wore that. That's perfect. For me, if you don't have a costume, I don't want to really give you candy, but I will, especially if you're polite. But uh, because I was a Power Ranger every year for like 12 years, that's they get like five pieces from me. Did you wear the same costume every year? Oh no! I my parents. I begged them to buy me. Just, I can imagine you wear the same one at five. Pretty pretty like. much every year I went in the nineties. I think I was one. And then like when I got to like when I was like ten, my friends had to let me know that that wasn't okay anymore. I was one of five boys, Mill, so we were contractually obligated to go as the Power Rangers one year. So you I had was, to. I was Zach. Was the best. That was that was also like the fucking shit back in the day. Yeah, absolutely. All right. I think we've we've rambled enough about food to to lighten the mood around these parts. So I think we can put a bow on this here episode, Amusings on Madison. So thank you so much for listening. Uh, find all our stuff at secondsidiaki.com. Mill is at Mill182. Shepard is at Shepherd Price. I am at SCH underscore Daybem. Betsy's not on Twitter, but you can find her under the name LBR at our website, which is, again, secondcityhockey.com. The main Twitter account is 2ND City Hockey. Uh, stay tuned. We'll have some more podcasts coming up for the rest of the regular season. Uh, we're going to write previews, recaps, all that fun stuff. And uh, hopefully we can continue with a more on-ice focus because hopefully all the off-ice shit is over with and progressing in a better direction. Um, so that's going to do it for this episode. Thanks to you for listening. Thanks to Shepard Betsy Mill for hanging out. We'll see you next time.